Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. to today's show. Today is already October 6, 2020. It is a Tuesday morning, 5.30 in the morning in LA. And I think the weather's turning. It was like super cold this morning in the house. And that felt so good after all the heat we've been having and everything that's been going on so weird in our world. It just felt good to have that nice, cozy, cold feeling this morning. And today, I wanted to do, because my questions that come up to me are all about why is this person doing this? Whether it was a mother of somebody who's already they themselves in their middle 50s, or a partner or a father, or a brother, or a sister, and you just can't figure it out. And then when I tell them, and in one case a daughter, when I tell them that you do realize that what you're describing is narcissistic behavior, and that's a disorder. They call it a mental disorder, but I'm looking at it as an emotional disorder because it's it affects their emotions and it sets them apart from the feeling crowd. They you you feel like they just can't feel and it just you want something to change them, something to jolt them, something to make them see what they are doing. So yesterday after yesterday's show Liam writes, can you do a show or for a question Friday, maybe talk about injured love that's not narcissistic in nature? Well, our injuries manifest in different ways. They just seem to, like, scream out like a billboard, like we're wearing it on our forehead. I'm hurt. I'm going to hurt you. And then you talk to that person and the person's like, hey, I can see that. I'm really sorry for what I've done. That's a non-narcissistic response. A narcissistic response would be, wow, I'm sorry I did that. But, you know, you're the one who made me do it. They deflect. They deflect blame. Or they just say, I'm sorry to shut you up, and then they continue to do that behavior. And the thing with narcissism is people don't walk up to you with a sign on their head that says it. A mom who constantly puts her daughter down doesn't say, hey, I'm a narcissist, that's why I'm doing this. What actually happens is when somebody is down, they will bring you up because 
they feel good to help, makes them feel like they're giving back. And they have to use terms like that. Like, I'm giving back, and then they give back. I'm being nice, and then they're nice. It's it's very, very, like, not even contrived, just it announces, because it's the attention in the announcement, and the behavior doesn't generally follow. So they may say a lot of great things when you meet them, and you're enthralled. You feel like you just met the love of your life, because you did in your mind. But when you're dealing with a mind that doesn't remember what it says and doesn't back behavior by action, that's a telltale sign. But better yet, there is an article I read, and this is what spurred this whole week because every time someone talks to me, and I had a daughter, a daughter who's in her middle 50s, whose mother has passed away. And I've known her for years. And she's always, my mother did this, my mother did that, my mother, it just went on and on and on. And it never occurred to me to say, hey, your mom was narcissistic. And the minute I said that, she went, oh my God. She is. I never thought of it that way. Oh, wow, that's so weird to know that. Well, that explains everything. And I realized that when we try to make sense of something that doesn't make sense to us, it will bother us until we are just aware of what it was. I don't care what it is. Even if you like somebody and you talk to them and you find out that they're happily married and you would never have a relationship with them. And then you know it may feel weird. It may feel like, oh, wow, I really thought. But then you start to say things like, hey, you know what? That wasn't meant for me. If it was, it it would have worked out differently. Or maybe not for now, but I can't hold out and stop my life. And you start having these productive conversations with yourself and with the other person in a way that allows you to see. Now, the narcissist will say, I'm going to win him or I'm going to woo her away from her partner. I'm better than they are. And then they they will. They'll get you. They'll get you to break an engagement. They'll get you to break up a marriage. And then once you do it, they don't want to be with you. I sat at a wedding where a woman was engaged. And the guy who I went to high school with, I knew was a quick turnover guy. But the challenge of getting her and the challenge of her wanting to be with him over and above her partner was a win. The girl was irrelevant to him. And I remember my kids were little and I was sitting at that table and I I looked over at the girl and she looked so happy like she had just made the best decision of her life. But I knew that guy. I don't think until all the time I have known him, like throughout my life from when we were kids, has he been with anyone more than three months at a time. 
But then I had to say to myself, well, if he was able to whip her away from something that felt solid, maybe she wasn't meant to be there and he was the way out, even though she might not know that today, but she will come to know that. Because there's an, a narcissistic type, there's like these aggressive, you know, you're this, you're that, and they just just get you every time. They just pound you down. They yell you down. They fight you down. Everything is to put you down. Covert one, they're a little sneakier. Because they are the ones who are constantly setting the ground rules for you. But they are not following them themselves. And in a weird way, they get you to accept that. By setting up the rules, you, you think automatically that they're going to follow them. But who the heck has to set up rules and define the terms? So wait a minute. Cheating is when you fill in that blank and then they take it that far in front of you because that's what you guys agreed on. But if you did that, now you're not loyal. Super weird how that all works out, how it all plays out. But what behaviors will alert you? We'll, we'll put that red flag right in front of you. And if you see the red flag... Did they already rope you in to where you would ignore the red flags? So let's take a look at some of them. There's like 50 of them from this article. And it says, he or she will always define the terms. Because it's their terms, their relationship. You're just the plug in. And you'll feel it. You'll feel like, oh, wow. They're kind of running the show. They're kind of the ones that are telling us what to do, the us meaning our relationship. And then you'll start to see the double standard fill in. Because now you live by the rules and they live by whatever they feel like doing. Because nothing is ever their fault. If anything goes awry, no matter what you come to them with, they will turn it around and you will be sorry you ever said anything. And you'll walk away and you'll shake your head and you'll be like, wow, something's really wrong. But you don't know what it is. Like you don't know what to say to them that's wrong because after you came to them with something that they actually did lie about or actually did break the defining of their own terms or they're doing the double standard thing on you and now they turned it on you. You don't feel real encouraged to go back and say something's wrong. I actually did that in a relationship. I I went to my husband and I said to him, something's wrong. And I said, I don't know what it is but we need help. And he immediately said to me, if we get help, that will be the beginning of the end. If you want to have a more clear answer. And the truth was that conversation without me being aware of it 
was the beginning of the end. Because now I felt isolated without a way of solving something with someone. Because the other thing they do is they never resolve a conflict. And as a result of not getting caught or resolving a conflict, they will continue to do it over and over again. Because once something is resolved, that means that they had to admit that they did whatever it is we said they did. And they will never admit it. They will die denying it. Telling the truth to them is the worst option. Like, yeah, I really did do that. Now, after a relationship where they know what they've done, because they are aware of it, and they meet a new person, they will tell that new person every single thing they did, almost like a a pure confessional. Anyone who does that, well, you know, we did this and she was just awful. I made a poor choice because this, 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 and this happened. And believe me when I tell you, there is a laundry list. They're telling you who they are. Because the first seven times you will date or get to know as a friend, even, someone who has narcissism, which you'll find a lot of them don't like to have a lot of close relationships, if even they have one. And to them, a close relationship is what we would equate to as an acquaintance. And they'll tell you, I don't like people. They'll tell you, I like being alone. They'll tell you the best gifts I ever bought were the gifts I bought for myself. It's all isolating and self-promoting. In one way or another, it will make you feel this weird, sour taste in your mouth. Because they will never resolve a conflict. What happens when you're with a narcissist is you will start with this I can't believe I found this perfect person. How did nobody ever snatch them up yet? And this poor thing, their relationships just never worked out. One after the other after the other, depending on how old they are. And they're admitting all this stuff. Wow, aren't they vulnerable? I like vulnerable. Because if they can see they did that, they may not do that to me. Oh, that won't happen here. He really loves me. Or she really loves me. Yesterday after the show, I got a call. And they described what I'm talking about. And you just have to, if you're going to leave somebody with these characteristics, completely cut it off. Any way you can, every goal, because you may be on your way. You may be thinking, oh, my God, and then this happened, and then that happened. I'm like, are you surprised? This is that personality. It is predictable because ego without heart involved is predictable. We all know what it looks like, but much easier to see from the outside in than from the inside out. But the truth is, everything you do should be 
concluding the relationship. Let's say you're married and you're trying to settle a divorce. Every single thing you do should be concluding and wrapping up that relationship because the less contact you have, then you break that supply chain of you being what they chase, even if it's just to let out and throw up their anger on you. So what happens when you start to realize that nothing ever really gets resolved? You start to feel anxious when you're around them. My personal experience was that when I wasn't around him, I used to feel like, gosh, but I would always be trying to figure out, like, what just happened? What just happened? It's wrong. I know he lied. But can I even tell him? Will I pay the price for noticing? And I remember making the choice to say something because it was just so blatant. And I didn't want to base decisions on what he said. But instead of addressing the lie... Or saying, hey, you know what, I'm glad you caught that because I felt horrible after I said it and I was too embarrassed to come back. What I got was, wow, that's a big accusation. And I said, yeah, but you lie too. Like your son lied at school. He stole a bag of candy from the teacher that she uses to give people as a reward. He stole the whole bag. And then he lied about it. And the father said to the son to make sure that the son got caught. It was about catching him. Because once you catch someone, then you can throw the book at him. So he told him that he was filmed on a camera taking it, and then he admitted it. And once he admitted it, he had to, with his own money, buy a bag of candy back for the teacher and apologize. And I said, yeah, but you do that kind of lying all the time. Kids don't just usually show up with this. It's kind of interesting. But he said, that's a big accusation. And I thought, that's all I've seen in this family since I've got here. Which I didn't say that to him, but I knew that, and I was trying to help it in a way, but they will rarely consider your feelings and will only do so if it serves them well. Like, well, even Nadia felt that was wrong. That's how they will they will use it as greater ammo for whoever they want to put down. Or so-and-so said that you weren't really that good at that or your idea really wasn't as great as they told you it was. And then you feel close to them because they they shared that with you. But what did they really share with you? They shared a wedge with you between you and other people and are isolating you the way they are isolated because they think that other people think that about them. But they can't even get to admitting it. They will never apologize in an authentic way. They will never acknowledge their behavior or your suffering. 
if you say, that really hurt me, they have succeeded because now you are suffering and they know that you're suffering because you're tied in. Because if you weren't tied in, you'd be like, the heck with this, I'm out of here. What What's going on? But the first meeting of meeting these people is so powerful. It's like your best friends in 10 minutes. You feel like, God, how did I meet you? But they chameleonized into who you were. And then you think you're both exactly the same. And then you find out you couldn't be more different. They try to get married super fast because just whirlwind love. And then all of a sudden they're on the news because one of the partners is missing. Those are the extreme cases. And then the less extreme, they start to devalue you and they start to groom you into playing the role of being one of their appendages. You will matter most to them in how you or how they appear to others. And that one is in caps because the narcissist is all about the show. So if you make them look good, let's say you're pretty or you're handsome or you've accomplished something in your life, they will brag about you in front of you to others and you'll be going, oh, wow, they really do love me. Oh, they do notice me. Gosh, why do I think that? Because when we're alone, they're a whole different animal. What the, what, what's going on? But look, they did notice, they did hear me, they did pay attention, they do acknowledge. But it's only because it makes them look better to others. Isn't that crazy? They will ruin the majority of your birthdays and holidays. Those are their times to shine. They will even blame you that they had to waste time to buy you a gift, and you better like it because it took them so long to find something to please you with. And holidays are all about them. They didn't like their gift. No one bought them what they bought other people. No one gave them attention. No one came and stood around them and praised them, thanked them enough for what they've done. They will ruin them. And these are all signs because in the beginning, we can come up with an excuse for all of this. Like, oh, they were having a bad day. They were, But over years, a year even, or two, where you've seen a few birthdays go by for people around them, where you've seen a few holidays, and then you start to see that consistency. Instead of going, what's wrong with me? Or what's wrong with them? If you get up any book and read about narcissism, you will find it. And you'll be at least relieved that there's a name for it. And I have to tell you, I know a lot of narcissists. Some going into the relationship because I already know their partners. Some I was married to. Some were my friends. There is always an end of the road with them. 
because the continuity and the support it takes to maintain a relationship of any kind, which also includes a friendship, you will find when you delve into the life of that mind that all people that they say, we've been friends for 30 years, we've been friends for 40 years, we've been this, they're occasional dinner partners or occasional visits. There is nobody in their life, not even family, that they see every day. Nobody can withstand the people who stay the longest are the kids who are born into it and cannot leave and do not know what they're dealing with. But the minute they can leave, they're the ones who just leave home or the partners who don't know how to leave or don't know what they're dealing with and keep trying to be better to shut down their devaluation. Those kinds of feelings are entering your world and you're with somebody. You have to be able to give it a name so that you yourself can deal with what is going on around you and base your decisions on the facts of what's going on instead of what you think is going on. They are the opposite of mind. And because I know that, anytime I even think of any one of them, I just pray for them. It is not easy to walk around living life by imitating it. And the only comfort you feel is when you feel you're ahead of other people because your insecurities are so high that you could care less about anyone except yourself and protecting that insecurity that you can't even find. You don't even know why it's there. Before I knew what narcissism was, I remember so clearly I was just married, just moved to California, and there was a man in our building, and I knew, talk about instincts, that certain people will belong. Because there are certain personalities at that time I was thinking that nobody can withstand. Now they call it sustainable. But I just thought they just can't withstand that. Who could do that every day? It is exhausting. They'll cause a fight before events that are important to you because that event is not about them. Whether it's your birthday, unless there's something about them in it. If you're getting an award, you can bet your bottom dollar there will be a fight before you go or a comment that unsettles you. They'll not show up for you at times when you need your partner to show up. And they'll be rageful. Rageful. Full of it. If you are upset that they did not show up. They'll be like, well, I have to work to put food on the table. 
and they knew for weeks that they were going. And then they'll criticize you for needing so much attention. You're so needy. Nothing is good enough. And when they do that, that fills them with supply. Your expectations, you know how people date down? Your expectations will go down to mere crumbs. And then they give you the silent treatment so that once they start talking to you, you're grateful. I only made it through the first probably 13, 14 out of 50. We will continue this conversation, but a lot of times knowing that that may not be you will also tell you the difference between the narcissistic mind and the non-narcissistic mind because how you deal with each of them is a completely different scenario. And the biggest issue with that is just not knowing that that's what you're dealing with. But once you know, you can begin the path of healing and solving your own issues within that mix. You guys, I will see you tomorrow on Relationship Wednesday. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.